Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. We figured since we've got a bit of spare time on our hands, we'd interview some of our fave celebs and influential figures in the beauty industry and share those interviews with you. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when a bonus episode drops. So today's guest that we're speaking to from her bedroom is New York-based board-certified dermatologist, Dr. Shireen Idris. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me and my husband in the background. (laughs) Yes, he's sitting in the background on the bed. Hilarious. I mean, that's exactly where he usually is, so it makes sense. I mean, I think that's become his his, like permanent fixture place in life. Is the bed? He doesn't. He just seems to just you know gravitate towards yeah. it now. So yeah, it's it's where he feels the most comfortable. That's totally <laughs> fine. So for anyone that doesn't follow you on Instagram, you're also known as the Pillow Talk Derm. So that's because you do those little segments and lives from the comfort of your bed. So how tell us how did that all start? It started honestly by accident. To be perfectly frank, I actually have a really bad phobia and fear of public speaking. And um, my nurse at the time was like, you know, you're always complaining to me that these patients come in and they're repeating things that are just not correct. She goes, you know what? Why don't you just go on Instagram, do a couple of stories and like maybe debunk a few myths, get over your own fear. Maybe you'll feel better and let it out and be done. And I said, no way. I am not doing this. I don't like the sound of my own voice, which is ironic because this is a podcast. (laughs) And uh, she was like, just do it, do it, do it. So this was like a conversation we were having for like months And then finally, one night, it was a Friday night, I was at home, my husband had just fallen asleep, I was like, let me see what this, you know, Instagram story thing is about. And so I log on, and I do my first story. And it was actually hilarious, because I was making myself crack up, because he was snoring in the background. And I was trying (laughs) to like, talk about, I don't even know what I was talking about, some chemical exfoliant. And my sisters were like, are you drunk? And I was like, no, I hardly even drink. What are you talking about? And so then it was like, Shireen, like, we understand you're always in bed when we FaceTime you, but you realize that you're talking to strangers. And I was like, I know, but I'm so comfortable. And then it became like a thing where I was just always in bed because that's the first thing I do when I get home is lay down. And I only had a eight-month-old at the time. So she didn't need much running after. She couldn't walk. And so I'd come home, lay down, just relax, you know. Uh, Any big chested woman out there will understand that feeling of needing to lay down after work. (laughs) I would get on Instagram and do my stories and it just became kind of like, uh, wait, are you still in bed? Is this like a pillow talk? Wait, is this like pillow talk derm? And then it kind of clicked and it took off and the rest was history. And I've been doing it now for like almost three years which is crazy. Yeah. Mm. Well, it makes sense because it kind of makes the audience feel like they're close to you as well and they know you personally because you're in such like a, I guess, cozy part of your house being in your bed. So it just, I think it makes it more relatable. It, It was never the intention. My own personality is if I'm not physically comfortable forget it. I'm not going to perform. Like I stopped wearing (laughs) heels in medical school because I couldn't think when my feet were hurting, you know? And so if I'm not physically comfortable, whether it's on a bed or a couch or laying down, and I guess that is my personal MO in life and my husband's too Mm -hmm. now, (laughs) I, 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 I can't be myself. So I just think it went hand in hand, laying down, being comfortable, connecting with people. And it just kind of took off that way. One of the, so I've been in the beauty industry for a few years now, but before I was in the beauty industry, I didn't know anything about beauty. Joe, you can attest to that. Mm -hmm. But one of the first 
videos I watched when I started in the beauty industry. Just a fun fact. I've got it up on my screen. It was your video with Allure, which was a dermatologist entire routine from waking up to lip injections. I think the lip injections oh were like the clickbait uh-huh. bit for me because I was like, oh, I want to watch that. And I remember, and you've also got um, spoons on your face. Does that actually work? Absolutely, it works. I mean, it's so funny. All these people <laughs> buying these fancy jade rollers and <laughs> wasting money on a jade roller that's basically a stone a that they're rolling yeah use a spoon you know <laughs> if you delivered anything else i would understand but i mean there's no amount of magic in a stone that is going to make your face look like a fetus mm-hmm. <laughs> very true <You> know? <laughs> yes I'm here for that. The tagline um, on your Instagram profile is subtle is the new dramatic. As an expert in facial rejuvenation procedures like fillers and lasers, how do you ensure your approach is always subtle? It's a very good question and it's a very subjective question. And it's a question which I'm going to answer subjectively, which a lot of people might be like, that's BS. But I stay true to myself. I stay true to my own aesthetic. I stay true to what I, and again, it's subjective, find aesthetically appealing without being swayed by my patient's unnecessary sometimes desires. <laughs> because mm-hmm. patients can mm-hmm. be very convincing in wanting more, 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 more. And ask any cosmetic dermatologist, it can be very easy to want to give into that to make that patient happy. But I would rather fight them and keep them on course, looking more natural and more refreshed than feeding into a trend. Because there is nothing I hate Mm. more than a trend. I was talking about this earlier today and I can't remember with whom. But trends, I absolutely despise. Um, When it comes to skincare, when it comes to cosmetics, human beings, I think, are timeless. Mm -hmm. And faces are timeless. So how do you want to superimpose a trend on a timeless face? Mm -hmm. And so I basically just stay true to myself and fight the patients. And I tell them, listen, I'm losing money. You know, I could easily do this. Um, I could take your money and just do it and you'll be happy and you'll leave. But I'd rather fight you so you see what I'm talking about and we have a better long-term relationship than me kind of going on every whim. It's a reflection of your work as well, I guess, and your reputation, I suppose. A million percent. I mean, I always put myself in that position. If I were at a cocktail party pre-COVID and my patient walks in, am I going to be proud if she says my name? You know, Mm -hmm. and that's something that has always that I always ask myself whenever I treat any single patient that comes through the door. If there's an iota of doubt that I'd be like a little bit cringy, like "Mm," or I have to like give an excuse as to why a patient looks a certain way. It's like a red flag. Don't do it. My name is on their face 100 percent. Do you have when you say people, I guess, patients that want more, do they bring in like celebrity photos or like filtered photos? Like what sort of um, looks are they wanting so they try and then my eyes bug out of my face (laughs) when they see my eyes bug out of my face they put that picture away (laughs) because i think the beauty of social media at least for me is that it's taken away all of the bullshit niceties you have to say when you first meet somebody because they come in already knowing me quote unquote you know and so i don't need to sit down and stay polite of course i'm polite but you know what i mean i don't have to stay Oh, let me, I don't have to humor them to that level when they already know what they're sort of dealing with. Most of my patients already know, I'd say nine out of 10, that it's just your face is your face. And I'm not going to superimpose JLo's nose or Kim Kardashian's jawline or so-and-so's forehead on your face. And I'm going to work with what I have in front of me to give you the best 
and not sound like a cliche version of you. Mm-hmm. So it's either my eyes bug out and then they, they, they retract <laughs> or they already know and they don't really present me with that kind of picture, which is honestly the biggest mm-hmm. blessing of social media. So speaking of celebrities, being a derm in New York, you must see a fair few celebrities yourself. Like we obviously know you can't name them, but how do you remain so like cool, calm and collected when you're dealing with a celebrity? Like if you know they're really high profile and they're coming in to see you, are you like really starstruck and like trying to hold it together? Or are you like, no, I'm the expert in this situation? I mean, if I am a fan of their work, I'll let them know, you know, I'm a fan of your work. But at the end of the day, everyone's shit stinks. You know, <laughs> a face is a face is a face. And if you approach somebody with that level of intimidation, you're not going to do your best work. Mm. And so I just remind myself of that. I think the thing I've been most pleasantly surprised by with my career and these, you know, celebrities and people of such status is that the most successful ones are actually the most down-to-earth ones and the easiest ones to deal with. It's the ones who are still trying to prove themselves that actually kind of trip me out a tiny bit because they're the ones who are mm-hmm. most nervous about how they look. They are the ones who are most you know, high-pressured. Everything is like hanging on by a thread. And so they're the ones who actually, I think, are the most stressful. Somebody who's like been, for example, I'm just who's like, concert in front of thousands and thousands of people is so cool, calm, collected, like I could just cover this bruise up with makeup. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody who's trying to get a record deal is like, how dare you bruise me? <laughs> you know? Mm. So it's, um, it's been a very eye-opening experience. As contrast to what you're doing now, your first job as a doctor was actually at a hospital treating prison inmates. What was that experience like? Oh my God, what was it not like? <laughs> it was, listen, I think it was a very humbling experience. It was a very eye-opening experience. You know, you go into such situations with your own preconceived notions only to be pleasantly surprised by so many and just kind of like shocked by others. You can never judge a book by its cover. That's, you know, first and foremost. It was a very stressful time in my life because it was also a time when it was your intern year. You just graduated med school. You're trying to figure everything out and they treat they make you work like a dog. And it was also a, um, they can't call them psych institutes, but half of the hospital was based on psychiatric inpatient care. It was not just dealing with inmates, but it was also dealing with people with various levels of um, psychological disorders and trying to like navigate that. So it was definitely a very trying time, but it made me appreciate, you know, life as a free human being much more so Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. than not. And it's if that was not a fear about going to jail, I mean, I think everybody should at least at some point in their lives go through that so they never commit a crime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely eye opening. So onto the product side of things, Um, we've seen you use Bioderma micellar water in a couple of videos and we love it as well. But can you explain why a micellar water isn't a standalone cleanser and why we should follow it with another cleanser or more use it as a makeup remover? Is this directed at me, Joe? this question no not at all not at all (laughs) why do you use it and not wash it off sometimes when I'm like really tired um I just use bioderma micellar water in bed and go to sleep put my skincare on after but I think this question was directed at me joe I think that's better than sleeping in your makeup better than yeah better than sleeping in your makeup okay if you had to measure the evils it's better than sleeping in your makeup um but but myself listen I think micellar water is one of those things where there is a myth. It's like, did it come out of France in order to replace the harsh tap water in France? And so women can use that to cleanse their face and not overstrip their skin. But obviously throughout time, it's been reformulated. 
And so it's not just that. I think the biggest issue with micellar water is that it can leave surfactants, like a residue behind on your skin. And if you are mm -hmm. somebody who is sensitive or prone to sensitivities, you can get irritations and your skin can start to act up and flare up and get red and inflamed, et cetera, et cetera. And so why leave it on your face when you can just wash your face afterwards and just have a fresh base to start off with is the philosophy behind not leaving it on your face and using it as a one-step solution. I actually think it does take more work to just use the micellar water alone because you really have to soak <laughs> a lot of cotton gauzes. And if you're using micellar wipes, then shame on you because <laughs> wipes are just my least favorite thing in the world. We don't, um, we don't use wipes okay, in this podcast. Good, good, good. No. good, good. Um, so yeah, it's just easier to wash your face once you've taken off that first step. I consider it like the first step of a double cleanse if you are into double cleansing. Mm. If you're not somebody who wears a lot of makeup, I just don't even use the micellar water and just wash with a gentle cleanser mm -hmm. at night. Yeah, good tip. So one of our personal favorite brands is SkinCeuticals. And I know CE Frulic is another one of your personal routine, which we obviously constantly talk about. The price point is out of a lot of people's budgets, um, but I'd love for you to explain why the product is so expensive. You know, it's a very good question. And I think it's a question that has to come down to formulation, ingredients, and the science behind it. The CE Frulic is basically L-ascorbic acid. And that is a form of vitamin C, which is notorious for being unstable, for being... Somebody compared it on my Instagram to like the Scorpio of skincare ingredients, you know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I love that reference. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. And it's just like a crazy little B-I-T-C-H of an ingredient that is hard to keep stable and to keep, you know, consistent. And so... When all of these younger generations of YouTubers, social media, skin influencers, et cetera, talk about ingredients, I always roll my eyes a little bit because at the end of the day, formulation is key. Mm. It's as if, and I use this example over and over, a baguette in France is very different than a baguette in the middle of Wyoming. So you know? <laughs> true. What is it about um, baguettes in France? They taste exactly. so good. Exactly. <laughs> Formulation is key. The water they use, the ingredients they use, how yep. they bake it, like it all makes a difference. And so I don't work with SkinCeuticals. I have nothing. I don't make any money off of their products. It's not like, you know, they pay me. I did not even develop their products. So I can't speak in full detail as to the development. But my guess is... It's basically the ingredients, the formulation and the science that goes into it that, you know, basically dictates that price point. Mm. Yeah, I've heard it's one of the most superior vitamin Cs on the market currently. So it must be worth the price tag, I think, Hannah. It must be. That's what we tell ourselves anyway when we're spending 200 bucks on it. And and for me, and I don't know if there's anything in this, I actually, it's good to ask a dermatologist, the smell to me smells like it must be working because it's so pungent. <laughs> Honestly, can I tell you something that's like so psychosome, like that psych skincare related thing. But I feel like most people feel like it either has to stink or burn or tingle in order yeah. to have some sort of effect. Um, so we love to ask the experts that come onto this show about their favorite treatments and procedures and skincare ingredients. So I have to know, tell us your top treatment or procedure or ingredient or all of them. We just need to know your faves. <laughs> My faves? Okay. I think it's a combination. A little bit of everything is the way to go. It's not just one thing. So for me, when it comes to in-office procedures, I think the maintenance phase of things is sort of like your Botox and your fillers. You know, finding that right person to work with. I inject myself. But Do finding you? that right person to work with. 
Yeah, I do. Wow. It's a, I don't know wow. if it's a wow or if it's like, I feel bad for you. It's like an OCD, no. terrible <laughs> sickness. Um, <laughs> I do inject myself. I think it's control issues. And just because I like what I do to my patients, so obviously I'm too scared to give my face away. So anyway, Botox and fillers is like twice a year or so at most at least in the 30s and like 40s range. Obviously, there's exceptions to every rule. And then for me, I try to do like a tightening procedure once every two years, especially post babies. You know, I added a lot of weight. I've lost a lot of weight. So with that comes more laxity in your skin. So I just try to maintain, you know, the jawline, you know, try to fight that gravity as much as humanly possible. And then skincare wise, I was off of retinols for like three years with pregnancies and breastfeeding. And so I'm finally back on the retinol bandwagon and very excited to be part of the team again. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but retinols are a main, you know, mainstream in my routine. In addition to exfoliating with, I love glycolic acid. I think people forget to exfoliate so much. And I do mm. think it can give you that instant gratification, instant glow while helping your skin in the long run. Mm -hmm. So I exfoliate, you know, probably three, four times a week. Plus vitamin C and sunscreen. Mm -hmm. Good choice. Like a laundry yeah. list. <laughs> You're like, that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> no, the more detailed, the better. <laughs> so there are a few gems on TikTok, including yourself. And we love your tip of using Walita Skin Food on very dry lips. Do you have any other skincare hacks we may not have heard of? I love Walita. I do think you should exfoliate your lips. And I talk about that as well. At least like once a week, you know, rather than using a lip scrub, which could just be abrasive. I've spoken about, you know, as a nod to what you mentioned in the Lure video, using a beauty blender to apply moisturizer. I think, you know, if you really wet a beauty blender and you use that for really thick ointments, it can really help go much further and do more for your skin than just using a thick ointment on your face and just having it sit there. Not all breakout is created equal because mm -hmm. hormonal breakouts are a different beast than just like inflammatory breakouts. So mm -hmm. if you do find yourself in a, in a bind, you know, hydrocolloid patches are really, really helpful in helping Oof. kind of minimize their appearance. And that's like a whole new TikTok trend. We've been talking about that a lot. Yeah, using these like wound dressings basically all over their face. I think if you have massive acne, you want to just get treated and not use that. But if you have like one or two one-offs, it's a great way to help. What else can I tell you guys? Um, obviously, see your dermatologist. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, it's not a hack, you already gave a, us the spoon tip as well. They come out left, right, and center when I'm just, you know, in bed at 2 a.m. I start thinking. <laughs> yeah. So I'll call you at yeah. 2 a.m. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Please we'll, we'll do. go through this. <laughs> We'd be happy to have you on this podcast again. It's been an absolute delight to talk to you. If anyone wants to go and stalk you on Instagram, they can find you on Instagram at Dr. Shereen Idris. So uh, very entertaining content, very educational, and just helpful as a dermatologist. Going to see a derm is sometimes really expensive, and a lot of people don't have the means to go and see a derm. So, thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and joining us from your bedroom. Um, <laughs> does your husband ever get sick of it? Is he just like, oh, I just want to go to bed tonight? <laughs> he has, I think he has the best attention span in the world, and he's able to block out so much noise right. because God knows I'm a lot of noise. And half the time I'm like, does he even hear what I'm, I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> that's the key. He can turn his ears off. <laughs> oh, he's saying I'm listening to you. You're listening? while working <laughs> okay so apparently he Love is paying it. attention yeah well thank you so much for joining us today thank you thank you our pleasure hope you guys have a great day ahead thanks everyone for joining us today 
Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Thank you.